This is the Sneaky Plays Podcast, presented by JokerMag.com. All righty then. Welcome to the Sneaky Plays Podcast. I'm Brian Catino here with Joe Duffy. What's going on, Joe? Not much, man. Uh, wish I was doing as well as Mike Trout today, but, you know, hanging in there. Uh, I think uh, 99.9% of the world is not doing as well as Mike Trout today, so... Um, don't feel too bad. There's eight NHL franchises who aren't doing as well as Mike Trout today. So that, uh, that tells you where that guy's at. <laughs> exactly. Uh, swing, a, swing a baseball bat, kids. Yeah, exactly. Um, so before we jump into uh, talking about the NL West, uh, I actually want to talk about college basketball for just a second. Uh, what's your final four looking like, Joe? Ooh. Man, I'm not even done with my uh, bracket, so I'll give it Duke for sure. And then I like Tennessee out of that their bracket. Um, I either like Kentucky or Houston. I don't think Carolina gets out of that bracket. I think they run into a couple defensive matchups that pull, uh, pose some trouble for them. And then I like Texas Tech, but I think Gonzaga gets out of that region. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost there with you. Um... I got Duke going up against the Zags, and then I have uh, Tennessee, and I think it's going to be North Carolina. Um, again, I don't know. This, uh, this year is going to be a fun one. Uh, I can't wait to start watching in about an hour and a half from now. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, this year more so than others, you're going to see a lot more chalk. There's been some crazy years recently. I think that'll uh, temper down a little bit this year. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, let's uh, – Let's dive into this baseball stuff. Nine days away from opening day, it's uh, it's an unbelievable, unbelievable atmosphere going on in the in the baseball world. Mike Trout just signed for uh, twelve years, four hundred twenty-six and a half million dollars, something unfathomable uh, at the moment. And uh, yeah, I mean, nine days away, it's it's here, man. It's it's right here. Teams are cutting down their rosters to their to their final guys. Um, it's ex- it's an exciting time in sports, exciting time in baseball right now. I can already smell that Kentucky bluegrass, man. I've been ready since October, November when the season ended last year. And finally, man, like you said, we're here. Absolutely. So um, just a reminder to all the Sneaky Plays people out there, we uh, we have our top 10 um, compiled list that uh, Joe and I got out for you. Um, 10 and 9 have gone out. Uh, today's number nines included Jose Ramirez and Garrett Cole, some, uh, some solid talent out there. You'll see tomorrow who our number eights are. And, uh, yeah, up until opening day, you get the top 10 from us. So let's jump right in to the NL West talk that we have planned out for today. What do you think about your San Francisco giants here? We'll start with them. Um, probably on the lower end of this division. Uh, we'll start with that pipeline. Uh, a couple guys that jump out to me, Joey Bart, um, he was a catcher, 22, 22nd prospect in baseball, uh, hitting really well this spring, hitting 368, but he's got Buster Posey and, uh, still playing extremely well at a high level. So Joey Bart's got a long way to, ways to go. Yeah, it's interesting because Bart is pro- kind of by far their best prospect right now, I'd say. Um, like you said, number 22 in the pipeline. He might even, for me, be higher than that, especially because of the position he plays. Um, look, the Giants are in a weird spot, man. They had a weird offseason. Um, 
you know, I don't think their season's looking better than it did last year. Maybe Bart comes up and gets some time behind Posey, but um, I don't know. Some pieces on this Giants team might move soon. Yeah, like you're saying, it's an interesting roster. You can't tell if they're, like, attempting to compete, attempting to tank. Like, they went out a couple years ago and they got Longoria and signed him to a big contract, which is, like, an interesting deal that they've made. Um, for some reason, they just don't want to give get rid of Madison Bumgarner, even though he's technically on a decline from his previous seasons. Uh, they got nobody to play the outfield. Um, it's all young guys, which isn't a huge issue, but just their makeup of their roster is extremely interesting going into this season. Yeah. Um, see, I don't think they were trying to tank at all because they were – in on the Harper chase um, till the end there, which was weird to me. I didn't expect them to be because, look, Bumgarner's at the end of his contract. This is his last year. And then a lot of these guys, like Longoria, is getting up there in age. Panic, Belt, Crawford, they've been there for a while. And while, you know, you won those three championships over the course of five, six years, since then uh, there's been a decline on the part of all of them. And it kind of reminds me of uh, that 08 Phillies team that won and kept, was kept together for too long. And when you keep a team like that together for too long, you run into financial issues, hurt your future. So it might be better for them to start that rebuild sooner than later. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, um, especially with uh, some of the talent there is in the NLS right now. We'll get to that later. Um, I, I think they need to make some moves, get get younger in general. Um so, I mean, some other guys that they got in their system, um, Tyler Bede, who's had a really good offseason, who actually had a really poor regular season last year. He got sent down almost immediately to AAA. Um, he did not get the cut for the major league roster, but they're they're looking at him to come back around end of April and May to start pitching for him again. Um, and then Helio Ramos, uh, well, I don't know when he's going to come up again. He didn't make the roster either, but uh, we'll see what his future holds. Some additions they had were interesting. Greg Holland, I mean, Derek Holland, I apologize, they re-signed him. Um, Drew Pomerantz and uh, Pat Vendit. So a um, couple arms they got. Uh, what do you think about those those signings that they had? Um, obviously, they're not going to move the needle too much with those. No, they, they spent their offseason filling out the rotation. And then with guys like, like you said, Pomerantz and bringing back Holland, um, you know, low-end signings at this point in their careers. They also signed uh, Cameron Mabin and, you know, Salarte, who are also both just low-end major league signings to fill out the roster, which is why the whole Harper thing was weird because it wasn't like they were trying to make splashes anywhere else. They were trying to just kind of fill the void to compete this year and put the team out there. But, look, this team, I think they understand at this point that they're probably not in the upper echelon of this division and – yeah, I mean, that's indicative of the signings they made. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's let's take a look at into this lineup. Um, they've declared pretty much all their starters already. Um, center field, it's, uh, it's actually looking kind of good for them. They got that kid, Steven Dugar. Um, he's going to probably hit leadoff for them, play center. Um, like you said earlier, you, they still got Joe Panic, Buster Posey, Brandon Belt. Uh, Longo, he can still hit a little bit. Um, he's going to be in that middle of the order. Brandon Crawford. And then you're looking at guys like, you know, Ferguson and Slater who, I mean, you know, once you get towards, towards that bottom, it's a, it's a little rough. 
Yeah, Williamson too. Um, it's that same middle of the order, man. Um, we've seen it the last few years, and you know, unfortunately for them, last year they didn't have a good year. Um, in order for them to succeed this year, they're going to need every bit that they can get out of that uh, two through six between Panic, Longoria, Crawford, Posey, and Belt. Um, I just don't know if that group of five guys is really going to be enough to carry a lineup like they were, you know, say six, five, six years ago. Yeah, especially because these type of guys, they don't really steal bases anymore for the most part. I mean, Panic will give you a few and Crawford will give you a few, but they're not going to be moving on the bases at all. Um, and with the ballpark that they play in, that's kind of necessary because the long ball isn't really going to be there day in and day out. Right. Um, so it's, it's just a really interesting lineup. Uh, like we talked about last week, the Blue Jays, Like you can compare maybe the talent of the Blue Jays lineup to the Giants lineup, but the Blue Jays can run and they can hit gap to gap. It's, that's not what I'm getting from this Giants lineup at all. It's kind of just, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Just kind of steady and not really going to move the needle too much as, you know, as far as games go. Yeah, I agree. And that, like you said, with the Blue Jays, the other thing is it's just youth and enthusiasm. You know, it's a bunch of new guys being brought in that are playing for something, chips on their shoulders. These are all guys that they've won three championships. They've been through the grind of 162 together forever. You know, kind of how like the Warriors are right now in basketball. You kind of see – during the regular season, they go through lapses where it's like, we've been here, we've done this. I just, you know, it kind of bores them. I think that in baseball, when you're successful for that long, changes of scenery for certain guys could be good, new faces, uh, new elements to line up. So I think the lack of change in San Francisco is the biggest of all their issues. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have to agree with you there. Um, it's, it's definitely taking a toll on some of these guys. And, um I think maybe they wanted to get Harper because for the fans' sake, right. I guess. I don't New know. New life. <laughs> just Yeah, no, I agree. New life, a reason for fans to get excited, bring that energy to the ballpark, puts a jolt in your lineup too. I think ultimately that's why they did it because otherwise it, it doesn't really make much sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's move on to that rotation. I touched on uh, one guy earlier, Mad Bum, uh, Derek Holland, Derek Rodriguez. Uh, Stratton and Drew Pomerantz. Um, Cueto's on the DL currently, and uh, Samarja has not been himself over the last uh, couple years. So uh, a veteran rotation, uh, guys that have been pitching for quite some time. Um, but, again, nothing to write home about with, uh, with this rotation, nothing to be afraid of going into a series. No, and as you alluded to earlier, um, you know, Mad Bomb, while he's still a high-end uh, top of the rotation pitcher, he's lost a little bit. Um, you know, he's not the guy that shut down the Royals in the playoffs a few years back. Um, you know, Holland's on his presumably last legs, although that guy seems to have been done multiple times and put, put it back together. Um, but it's going to have to be the guys like Rod, uh, Rodriguez, Suarez, Stratton. Those are going to have to be the guys that uh, push this rotation forward because – Look, Samarja, Cueto, those are two guys that have been injured year in, year out. Pomerantz isn't always healthy, and even if he is, he's inconsistent. And Derek Holland is a four-plus ERA guy his whole career. Um, yeah, and Baumgartner's declining. So I think the young guys are going to have to step up big time this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, I actually uh, I saw something today, and I was looking at it the past week. Uh, remember when we discussed uh, Michael Fulmer from the Tigers about him having to stay healthy? Well, <laughs> 
Yep. Possible Tommy John uh, around the corner for him. Oh, there you go. You see? I mean, this is why when we talked about the Tigers' win totals, I didn't even need a number to go under it. The, these are the problems they're going to run into all year. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, back to the Giants. Um, let's move on to their bullpen. Uh, nothing too good here. The closer is most likely going to be Will Smith, who who has shown some good stuff. Uh, got guys like Melanson, Vendette, Dyson. Uh, not much here. Um, no, I guess um, as of recently, look, Sam Dyson, Mark Melanson, Tony Watson, Will Smith, these are all guys that have shown they can be really high-end bullpen guys. But they're also guys that, like Sam Dyson last year, his April was one of the worst Aprils you've seen out of the bullpen in the history of baseball. The guy just was getting torched. And, look, I get the reclamation project ideas. Maybe these guys can find their way. And it does happen with bullpen pitchers more so than it does with starting pitchers. But when you find an entire bullpen that's filled with kind of inconsistency and uh, past injury issues, I mean, it doesn't bode well for the outcome of a 162-game season. Yeah, exactly. There's there's nothing about this team um, that's an A. This is really pretty much all average across the board in general. Lineups average, rotations average, bullpens average. So I, I'm I'm just not sure what direct like we've touched on already. What direction this team is is going? I think they can win some games. I think they won't be getting run over um, throughout the year, but I don't think they're in any type of position to compete in this division. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, and in fact, I think that they're probably, as you know, you take a look into the future, they're probably the team in their division that's set up the worst. Um, I think it's retool time for the Giants. I think they're going to realize early in this year they're not going to be competing at the top of that division, and it's going to be time to move off some pieces like Mad Bum. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so players to watch. Um, for me, it's uh, it's that uh... – it's Steven Duggar. Um, he's been hitting 344 in spring training. Um, looking to see if he can take over that center field role for the Giants. Uh, what about you? Uh, my player is Brandon Belt. Um, he had a hell of a year last year, really quietly. Um, he's going to hit behind Posey. He's going to have to be the force in that lineup, especially in the ballpark they played in. Uh, he's kind of the power source in the lineup. So I think Belt's going to have to be the guy for them. All right. And uh, your fantasy players to watch. Uh, my fantasy player is going to be Buster Posey, and anytime we run into a team that's got a catcher that's high end, they're probably going to be the guy I tell you to take. Um, now that's only going to happen about three or four times. But look, the position is extremely thin, especially from a fantasy perspective, because we're looking at uh, the batting statistics. Posey's probably the best or most consistent hitting catcher in the game right there with Real Muto and Sanchez. Um, you know, if he stays on the field for a full season, he's going to be an excellent uh, part of any fantasy team for sure. Yeah, for sure. I also have Buster Posey, um, and I also have Joe Panic. I think he can he can be a decent pickup for a team. Um, we've we've seen him get hot before, so and he's he's an extremely talented player. So uh, I mean, he's not going to hit a magic bunch of home runs, but he'll he'll, he'll get on base, he'll steal some bases, so. Yeah, he puts the ball in play. Exactly. Um, all right, let's move on 
to the Arizona Diamondbacks, who were another interesting uh, ball club for this season. Um, their pipeline includes some guys like Jazz Chisholm, uh, John Duplantier, and Taylor Widener. Uh, I read today all not going to be a part of this big, uh, big league roster at the moment. Um, what do you think about some of these guys that are uh, that are coming up? Um, yeah, I don't think any of them should be part of the big league roster this year. Um, you know, despite moving off pieces, and we'll get into that. Um, the Diamondbacks didn't really go into a rebuild this offseason. They went into a kind of a retool mode. Um, they moved off some guys, but they kept their major league roster and lineup ready. So, yeah, an interesting offseason for them. And, you know, it gives their prospects some more time to develop before moving on up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, some of the additions that they've made, um, I mean, they actually made more moves than you would, like, think on paper. Um, most recent signing being Adam Jones. Uh, they signed Caleb Joseph, Greg Holland, Wilmer Flores. Um, they got uh, Kelly and then Luke Weaver in uh, that trade from Paul Gold with Paul Goldschmidt. So they lost him, which is one of the best bats in baseball, arguably. Um, what do you think about some of the guys they added? Um, to me, it's it's not much. It's just kind of moves to tell your fan base that you did something. Yeah, I think well. It's interesting because I think they did what they did with Goldschmidt to while they didn't want to upset their fan base. Right. So they got guys in return that are MLB ready. And look, Luke Weaver and Carson Kelly will be uh, part of this team for a long time. I'm high on both guys. I think both guys are going to be great major league players. But the real thing here is, is just a reluctancy to rebuild. You lost Pollock. You lost Goldschmidt. Those are your two best players. Grinky's on a ridiculous contract that even if you want to get rid of him, there's probably no one that wants to take it. So now you're in this position where you're kind of in the middle. You're halfway competing, halfway to a rebuild. And, you know, I guess the outlook of the season is going to really determine if they're going to be forced to uh, rebuild or not. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was. It's an interesting for them because last year they were competing. They were neck and neck the entire season in the NL West looking like they had a shot at actually winning that division. And then they kind of just fell off, man. It was, uh, it was really like sad to see like how poorly they, they played towards the end of the year. Yeah. Especially after, uh, what had happened to them in the the playoffs the year prior. Um, you know, you would have liked to see them get back there for some redemption, but obviously that wasn't in the cards. Yeah. Um, so, all right, before we move on to their lineup and, and whatnot, I forgot to mention uh, for the San Francisco Giants, uh, they're over under of uh, 74 and a half wins. What do you think about that? Man, I didn't take time to look into that one. Um, off the top of my head, I'll say over, but I do think I do think they probably finished last in the division. So it's seven, I think they're going to be close to 74 and a half. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think they're at around either 73 or 74. So I think that over-under is uh, pretty spot on. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think right around there is exactly where they're finishing. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, let's move on to their lineup rotation and bullpen, starting with their lineup. Um, what, are you, what are you looking at, like, one through eight right now for them? Man, I'm looking at potentially Steven Souza batting cleanup. Um Look, Catal Marte and Escobar at the top of the order, two guys who put the ball in play. They can move. They're versatile. 
Um, and then David Peralta is going to be the guy in the three hole. He's going to be their new AJ Pollock, really driving things. He's going to be uh, the force in this lineup. But the middle is kind of where things get iffy, um, for me at least. Jake Lamb's had a couple of good years. I just don't – I haven't seen it on a consistent enough basis to think that he's going to be a guy that I want in the four or five hole every day. Um, Adam Jones is up there in age. He wasn't covering as much ground in the outfield in Baltimore the last couple of years. His bat slowly declining. And then I just don't – to me, Steven Souza isn't a middle-of-the-order guy. Um and look, Nick Obman could hit, but unless you're put, you can't fit him into the middle of this lineup. He's fitting somewhere at the bottom or at the very top. So I just think the distribution of this lineup, when you get, when you're at the top, you have some good pieces, but when you get to the middle, there's a a big fall off. Yeah, absolutely. They they really don't. I don't think they have a 30 home run guy on this roster. No, they don't. They 100 percent don't. Um, I do think guys like uh, Escobar and Peralta. I mean, Peralta is an extremely good hitter, but like we just like we just mentioned, he's not going to hit the ball out of the park a bunch of times. He might reach that twenty mark, um, but I mean, he's more of a gap to gap guy, speed on the bases. Same with Souza Jr. Like he obviously has some pop in his bat, but he's not a four hitter. He's more of like a six hitter or you know or you know a seven hitter. To have him either be four or five this year, that's that's a rough looking lineup. Yeah, and the thing the thing is, is he's gonna with Peralta in the three hole, you're gonna want someone behind Peralta that's at least gonna make contact. And Jake Lamb strikes out, so Souza's gonna put the ball in play more often than Jake Lamb. So I just think from their perspective, Souza's probably better cushion behind Peralta and then sandwich him in between. But I mean, either way you go, it's just you would like a better piece in the middle of that order. Yeah, for sure. Sousa's had some bad years with strikeouts too, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly with the Rays and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, pro- you're probably right. I'm going off the top of my head. I don't have numbers to back myself up. I'm just under the – I know Jake Lamb strikes out, so that's where uh, I was at. But, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, like I said, either way you cut it, it's just those aren't two guys you want hitting behind your three guy. I completely agree. Let's move on to their rotation. Uh, it's it's okay. There's, uh, I mean, obviously Zach Grinke, who's actually one of my favorite pitchers to watch pitch. Uh, Robbie Ray, Zach Godley. They picked up Luke Weaver in that trade, who we both like, and then uh, and then Kelly at the at the end. Um, is that what you're looking at for a rotation, or you see somebody else making uh, making a run at the either four or five spot? Yeah, no, that's what I'm looking at right now. Obviously, uh, Taiwan Walker injured, lingering. Um, but I'm a little bit higher on this rotation than you are. Um, I like it. I like – I think Grinky, while he's not the Grinky we saw in L.A., he's still one of the top 15, 20 pitchers in the game. Um, Robbie Ray has shown some signs of really, really high-end pitching. And I like Zach Godley for what he is. Um, perfect guy to have in the middle of your rotation, induces the ground ball. And then I'm high on Luke Weaver, man. Like I said earlier, I think that he only we only really got a glimpse of what's to come from him in St. Louis. I think this is a good opportunity for him to get a lot of innings in. So, yeah, I'm high on this rotation. Yeah, while I'm saying that this rotation is okay, I actually think it's significantly better than the Giants' rotation. Um, I'm just not going to sit here and say that you're going to go into a series with them again and, and be worried after Granky and I mean Ray like you said he has come on 
Zach Godley is good. I actually I picked him up in fantasy last year, and it was actually wonderful for my my team. Luke Weaver has really good stuff. So I mean, yeah, it, it definitely has potential. Still young guys for the most part. Granky's up there in age a little bit, but nothing to worry about. Um, so yeah, I mean, a, a good rotation in general. Um, moving on to their bullpen, uh, like I said, touched on earlier, they they picked up Greg Holland. I want to see what he can do. Obviously, he struggled at the beginning of last year um, after the incredible 2017 season. It was almost like, uh, you know, it, it was completely opposite, like complete 180 of uh, production. Yeah, and this is why I um, I was talking about earlier how it's it's tough to give relief pitchers these contracts because of inconsistency, and this is the exact reason why Craig Kimbrell asking for a five-year contract is outrageous It's because it's hard for these guys to come back and put back-to-back years together like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, another, other guys in their pen, uh, Archie, Bra- Archie Bradley will be their closer. Uh, he was pretty good last year. Um, he kind of made that transition from being like a starter type of pitcher to, to the back end. Uh, I've, I've liked what I've seen from him. A uh, guy that they picked up last year in a trade, uh, Matt Andrees who can go about three innings a pop. So a good guy to stick, you know, if, if a starter is in trouble, um, he could actually start some games if necessary, if someone were to get hurt in that rotation. Right. Um, and then after that, I'm, I'm not loving who else they have. Uh, what do you think about the rest of their guys? Um, look, the re- their bullpen is an average bullpen. Yon Lopez is another one who can throw a lot of innings. Uh, he could even start games like Andrews if you wanted him to. Um, you know, Chafin, Arano, Holland, guys at the back end who will eat innings. Uh, the one guy to had, get really excited about in this bullpen is Archie Bradley. Um, when he made that transition last year, he showed he could be one of the better closers in baseball. And now that he can fully dedicate himself, I think that he's going to have a breakout year and really cement himself as one of the best closers. So, look. If you're a Diamondbacks fan, while the bullpen isn't anything to write home about, at least at the back end, you got a guy who's got electric stuff. Yeah, you know, you know, when you go into the ninth inning of game up, you got a pretty good shot at winning it. So and holding that lead, um, unlike Mets fans for the past few years. <laughs> yeah, although they'll be better off this year. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But... I, I mean, at least they would hope after what they had to give up. Exactly. Uh Players to watch. Uh, for me, I think we touched on it a little bit before. Souza Jr., I want to see if he can be okay in this middle of the lineup, produce, not strike out. Um, and then Greg Holland, I just want to see if he can get back to his old ways and, and be a productive uh, guy at the back end of a bullpen. Yeah, um, mine are going to be the two guys they traded for, Carson Kelly and Luke, Le- Luke Weaver. Um, when you give up a guy like Paul Goldschmidt, you know, you're expected, your fan base expects you to bring in a good haul. And now Carson Kelly and Luke Weaver are the two guys that are going to be on the club this year and have to step up and prove that they were pieces that are going to fit in and, uh, you know, subsequently do well in replacement of Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, no doubt. Moving on to fantasy, uh, Jake Lamb, if he can get it together, not strike out as much, hit for power. I think he's got some potential. Granky and then Peralta. I think Peralta is going to be one of their top uh, fantasy players for the year. Yeah, David Peralta is my guy. He was a guy I had last year and was quietly one of the best outfielders in all of fantasy baseball. 
I think he replicates that. Guy's got a beautiful swing, nothing but consistency. So David Peralta's the guy for me. And while the Giants were 74 and a half wins, the Diamondbacks are 75. What do you think about that? I'm actually going to go over on the D-backs. I think that their pitching carries them a little bit. Um, while that lineup is prone to injury and, you know, it might not produce runs at a time, I think the pitching will uh, keep them in games and they'll get probably around 78 wins. Yeah, I actually I have them even right now. I think they're going to get that 75. Uh, I just I just don't know if this lineup can hold up for 162 games. Uh, I think we might start seeing some other guys, maybe some trades towards the end of the year for, for uh, their ball club. Um, moving on to the San Diego Padres, a little bit more exciting uh, type of pipeline and team. Obviously, one of the best pipelines in baseball, arguably the best. Uh, they have 10 guys in the top 100, including including uh, household names like Fernando Tazis Jr., Mackenzie Gore, Luis Urias, Francisco Mejia. So, yeah, uh, a lot of good stuff, a lot of exciting stuff from the Padres. What do you think about uh, what they got brewing uh, in San Diego? To me, that's the best pipeline in all of baseball. Um, look, if you're a San, a San Diego Padres fan, you have about a 10-year window that starts next year of just excellent baseball. Um, and if that doesn't happen, it's because someone upstairs is really, really bad at their job. Um they have a lineup that's ready to compete right now. Unfortunately for them, pitching isn't going to match up. So I think they're still a year away. And when those guys you're talking about, Tatis, Gore, Urias, where, or Urias will be up this year. But when those other guys come up, they're going to be a force in this league, man. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's also got to be exciting to be a Padres fan, knowing that they're willing to spend money as well. Um, right. Knowing if – if uh, it goes and gets tough and you, you need you needed a big time arm or a big time bat at a, at, a, at the deadline within the next few years, uh, I, they'll they'll do something and they'll pay for somebody. So uh, that's got to be good news for a Padres fan, knowing that they weren't really doing that in previous seasons. Yeah, 100 percent. And I mean, look, not only did they show it with Manny Machado, but they show they signed Garrett Richards this offseason and he's not even going to play this year. Guy's not even going to pitch, but they were willing to go spend the money and take a chance on a guy that's proven to be a good pitcher. So, yeah, I completely agree with you. You have, if you're a Padres fan, you have to be excited right now. Absolutely. I mean, they got some some pitchers at the at the back end of, of the top 100. Uh, Paddock is probably going to see his way onto the rotation this year, and then they got guys like Patino, Morjan, Baez, Allen, and and Weathers um, that were all competing. Um, obviously, they they're not going to be at the big league roster now but i mean a bunch of arms lefties mixed in there it's 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 got to be an exciting time um let's move on to their current lineup uh i'm looking at kinsler hosmer machado um either hunter renfro or fran mill reyes i've been uh, hearing some talks that they love reyes and think he could hit cleanup for them what do you think about that i think pitching matchups will be the determining factor there and who's hot who's not um as much as they love him and he's great Hunter Renfro has been really good the past couple years uh, a bit underrated at that matter so yeah I mean I look I think Reyes and Margo both I think they run five outfielders deep the Padres I think those two guys off the bench get plenty of time uh regardless of what if they're playing the corners or center so yeah I think there's five guys out there that are going to rotate in and out of this lineup 
Yeah, they have a plethora of outfielders. Um, I mean, they lost Jankowski to an injury, and you can see over the past couple of years his ability to play the outfield. So um, a lot of talent out there, uh, a lot of competitions, which is never a bad thing. Um, moving towards the back end of that lineup, Will Myers, like we touched on, Margot, uh, Urias, he's going to find his way as, as a starting shortstop. And then um, a combination of uh, Austin Hedges and uh, Francisco Mejia. So a lot of good things brewing uh, for this lineup as well. Yeah, um, Mejia going to get some run with the big club, which is awesome, good for him. And I think Austin Hedges is a good guy for him to uh, sit behind because while Hedges isn't some great hitting catcher, someone that might be a household name, he's a really solid backstop, and that's a great guy for Mejia to learn behind. And look, I think for Urias, um, I think the plan for the Padres is Tatis at second base, not shortstop. I think they want that tandem up the middle. Urias gets a chance to play with Kinsler. Uh, for a year or, you know, maybe half a year. We'll see what happens with Tatis. So I think uh, for both of those guys on the big club, it's going to be a great year for them, great learning year. Yeah, it's exciting to have a potential infield that could be one of the best in baseball um, within a year or two. That's, that's got to be exciting, man. It's uh, it's great stuff. It's one where um, you remember when, like, Baez and Addison Russell were coming up for uh, for the Cubs. It kind of has that similar feel. Yeah, absolutely. Like a, an already steady third baseman, and then it's like a middle infield with an extreme amount of potential and talent. So that's yeah. always exciting for fans um, and baseball lovers of web gems, of course. Uh, let's move on to the rotation. Um, obviously not great, but loads, uh, loaded with potential. Uh, looking at Lucchese, Lauer, uh, Paddock, Erlen, and Strom. Um, is that what you got? Uh, Brian Mitchell too, him mm-hmm. or Erlen, either way you go. Um, but yeah, that's exactly what I'm looking at. And I don't, who do you, who do you see as the ace for this team? I think it's Lucchese, but I, I can't be too sure. See, I think it will opening day. It might be, but I think by about mid May, Chris Paddock will consensusly be considered the ace of, uh, of the Padres. I don't think yeah, it's going to take much time for him to get that spot. Yeah, I'm with you there. He's uh, he's been impressive. Um, I mean, they're they're loaded with lefties, uh, which is I guess isn't really. I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world, but not, and they uh, got more coming. Yeah, I mean, they're just loaded with with a bunch of lefty pitching. Um, so yeah, I mean, this this rotation will be okay. They need to just get the, in lack of better words, just get the job done. Do what they need to do. Over their lineup can uh, can mash a little bit, uh, grab them, snag them some wins. The back end, um, not the worst thing I've ever looked at, um, but not the best either. I think Kirby Yates is a is a solid closer. Um, then you're looking at guys like Luis Perdomo and then uh, Adam Warren, uh, Stamina, and then Mitchell might find his way up and down from the bullpen to the rotation. So some guys that can that can eat innings and uh, have some some quality stuff, but nothing that um, is too you know, too great there. No, it's not a flashy bullpen, but it's a solid bullpen for sure. And I, um, personally, I'm, I'm a big fan of Craig Stamen and Kirby Yates. I like both of them. I think that's a great one, two punch at the back end and an inexpensive one. And one that probably will be inexpensive in future years. So good for them to have those two guys, uh, in the organization right now. Uh, Warren and Luke are guys that have moved around, but have both shown they can be 
solid everyday guys go eat innings. Uh, Luke does great work against left-handed hitters. So, yeah, I think uh, I think that bullpen's good and only going to get better with a year or two of time. Yeah, for sure. And like we've already touched on, um, you know, they're willing to spend money now. So we'll see if, if they're in uh, some sort of race within the next two seasons, if they don't, you know, go get a guy or bring somebody up. So uh, I think they're willing to make moves when they need to, which is a really good thing to have. Um, it's, players to watch. Wait, you ready? Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be hilarious in two years or next year when they trade and get Brad Hand back from the Indians for far less than the Indians gave them. <laughs> you actually think that it will happen? A hundred percent. I'm I'm already counting down the days. <laughs> All right. Well, you heard it here for, uh, first, people. <laughs> um, player to watch uh, for me, it's Will Myers. I want to see if he can uh, get his stick back and ready. Um and massive home runs, man. Uh, for me, it's going to be Eric Hosmer. Uh, signed that huge contract last year, bit of an up-and-down season. Uh, now he's got Machado and Myers sandwiching him in that order. I want to see if Hosmer uh, gets back to World Series champion Eric Hosmer this year. That would be great to see. He's, uh, he's a hell of a player. He's, uh, he's fun to watch. Um, always happy to be at the ball field. So he, he's a guy that you can get, get behind and like. Yeah, that's a guy. That's a guy you want in your clubhouse for sure. He's got a him and Anthony Rizzo. I mean, I'm t- I keep making the comparisons to the Cubs. Like this team reminds me a lot of that Cubs team when they were first starting to come out, come up. Uh, Hosmer reminds me a lot of Anthony Rizzo in terms of not necessarily as a baseball player, but what they provide uh, for a clubhouse. Yeah, for sure. Moving on to fantasy. I mean, um, I don't want to be too obvious, but it's it's got to be Manny Machado. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. And look, um, if you go anywhere else, you're kind of just fishing. Um, if you're in a dynasty league, Fernando Tatis is your guy. But yeah, otherwise, it's Manny Machado. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for their over-under wins, it's at 78 and a half. Uh, what are you taking there? The slight over. I like the Padres to break 80, but just barely. I ha- I have them locked in at 80 wins, actually, so... Yeah, I'll take the yeah, over I'm on saying that too. 81, 82, right around 500. Yeah, um, for sure. Moving on to the Colorado Rockies, another exciting ball club, um, a team that made quite a few moves slash lack of moves, I guess would be a better term. Uh, they didn't re-sign um, Butera, LeMayu, Para, Holiday, Cargo, Adovino. And now a bunch of these guys are on other teams um, slash still free agents. Uh, they picked up Mark Reynolds, who I guess will eventually be an off the bench type of guy. And then Daniel Murphy, who will most likely be their starting first baseman. He probably is their starting first baseman. So a lot of kind of action for their uh, free agency. Yeah. And the biggest move had nothing to do with free agency or anything like that. Um, extending Nolan Arenado was huge for them. And I think it had a lot to do with why they let a lot of those guys go Um, just to free up space, give them the opportunity to sign Arenado while there's still a team around him that can compete. And then now from here, you can assess where you're at financially and go forward into the future building around that guy. Yeah, exactly. That was, that was a really big move for them. Um, Kind of branching off Arenado. They have a guy in Colton Welker um, who will not make the big league roster. Unfortunately, He's a 95th prospect in baseball as a third baseman. Um, I really feel bad for that guy. <laughs> I don't think Colton Welker will ever play a game in a Colorado Rockies uniform. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. I, uh, unless Nolan Arenado, you know, catches the flu on shore and they and Colton Walker's playing a minor league game in the stadium next to Coors and they can drive him over there real quick. I mean, look, Arenado's the guy there. Walker's now become a big trade piece for them, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's just really it's it's kind of sad because he's talented. Uh, I actually watched him play just yesterday, and I was like, wow, he's he's good. But I mean, Arenado is there. Um, and then they got guys like McMahon who can play all over the infield. Um, they have other prospects like Garrett Hampson, who's going to be splitting time with McMahon at, at 2B this year. And then Brendan Rodgers, who also plays infield, um, who's a 10th prospect in all of baseball. So it's, I mean, obviously, you know, he's talented, but yeah, like you touched on, I don't think he'll end up playing in a Rockies uniform uh, ever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got Trevor Story at short too, and, stories proven for however many years now that he's not only a good good enough defensive shortstop to get the job done but he's given you 30 home run power from the position and in Coors Field that's you can't really put a value on that so as good as Brendan Rodgers is and look I really really do believe Brendan Rodgers is going to be a stud MLB shortstop I just don't think this is the place for him I think the uh, the Rockies have built this pipeline of guys that just aren't really going to play for the Rockies. Exactly. Uh, I, the, the only guy that's going to find his way this season is Garrett Hampson. Uh, he's like I said, he's going to, he's going to be splitting time with McMahon at two B. Um, let's, let's dive into that lineup uh, that I just mentioned. Uh, I mean, it's, it's really good in my opinion, Blackman um, who's moving from center to right. It's actually, I think that's going to help us bat a little bit. Uh, Arnado, Murphy story, uh, Dahl, Desmond's going to take over that center field position, a split between McMahon and Hampson at 2B, and then uh, I Netta. So a really good lineup, uh, one through eight, plus whoever's pitching for them can probably also hit. Yeah, great lineup. And look, it's underrated how um, – or Ian Desmond, I should say, is extremely underrated, and he can play almost every position on the field now, and he's providing you middle-of-the-order – a middle of the order bat. So I think Ian Desmond gets overlooked a lot in this lineup, but yeah, I agree with you. I think Blackman's move in the outfield is going to help his bat. And then I think adding Murphy to the top of this order, a guy who's going to put the ball in play, his power is going to be, uh, you know, it's going to travel even better to Coors Field. So I think uh, they were good last year. I think they might even be better this year. Yeah. An extremely dangerous lineup. I, I mean, they lost LeMahieu, but I, I don't really see that loss with uh, McMahon and Hampson. I think McMahon is equally as good, so uh, yeah, not, not the worst uh, loss for them. Yeah, 100% agree. And while uh, LeMahieu is a good second baseman, I don't think you're losing anything in the field either between McMahon and Hampson. So not a, not a big loss letting LeMahieu go for the, for the Rockies. For sure. Uh, going to their pitching, let's start with that rotation. Um, Kyle Freeland, who was a Cy Young candidate last year. Uh, they got Marquez, Anderson, uh, John Gray, and Chad Bettis. Uh, I would say it's, com- it's comparable to that Diamondbacks rotation. What do you think about that? Um, I would say that I would agree with you if they played in the same stadium the Arizona Diamondbacks do, but they true, don't. True. And my issue is like like you said Kyle Freeland was a Cy Young candidate last year but we saw however many years back Ubaldo Jimenez was a Cy Young candidate and after that season he couldn't really put it back together 
And a guy in this rotation who's still there, John Gray, has put together some all-star caliber seasons, but he hasn't really gotten back to that form. Um, it's tough to pitch consistently at a high level in Colorado. Um, Freeland and Marquez did it last year. I'm interested to see if they can do it again this year. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, obviously you, you would like to see them continue and keep it up, but the, you know, the, the numbers don't really show that from their past, uh, pitchers that they've had. Pitchers don't really last in Colorado. (laughs) Um, they do not. That is where pitchers go to die. In fact. Yeah. I mean, if, if you go and pitch in Colorado and you do well, I mean, you know, good for you, man. Like Kyle Freeland last year, like you, you really, you don't see it very often. Um, moving to their back end. Uh, I actually kind of like their back end a little bit. Um, Wade Davis is obviously a, a solid closer type. Uh, they got a guy in uh, Jake McGee, Mike Dunn, Brian Shaw, and, uh, Hunter Musgrave, so uh, some solid pieces at the back end for him. I love their back end, man, and that's awesome to say when you lose a guy, when a team loses a guy like Adovino, and you can still look at the bullpen and say, man, that's a really good bullpen. So even though they let a guy like that go, they didn't lose all that much. Um, I love McGee from the left side. I think he's great against left-handed hitters, one of the better guys in baseball. Um, Yeah, and then, like you said, Bettis might be at the back of that rotation, uh, he could also be a part of that bullpen, too, if Sentinzella, uh starts some games. So I think that the bullpen's not only good, but it's very deep. Yeah, which is which is really important uh, to start making runs towards the end of the year and compete in a, in a tough NL West. Um, moving on to uh, players to watch. Um, I mean, we kind of just talked about it. For me, it's Kyle Freeland. I want to see if he can – pitch well again in in Colorado in that elevation uh and if he could do that that's uh that'll be really good for that ball club yeah mine is also combination really of Kyle Freeland and uh Marquez but uh another guy to if we're just talking about to keep an eye on Mark Reynolds anytime he's uh up at the plate in Coors Field make sure you turn your tv onto that game because that guy uh he might hit the ball 680 feet this year (laughs) oh for sure he's either gonna strike out or uh Hit a tag. Or absolutely mash. <laughs> yeah, I watched a couple of games uh, when he was on the Nats last year. Uh, some, some quality stuff off the bench. Hell, um, man, fan- for the win. Yeah, absolutely. Fan- fantasy uh, perspective, uh, obviously Nolan Arenado. And then uh, Charlie Blackman is uh, a number two there that you can't go wrong with. I think Trevor Story is going to be also solid. I think Daniel Murphy's going to be solid too. So some some quality uh, fantasy pieces uh, for the Rockies. Yeah, Arenado's got to be um, on your top five list of players to get in your draft. Um, he's top three, top five for sure. He's the guy. Uh, Trevor Story is a high-end shortstop in fantasy baseball because of the power he provides. So he's the other guy I'm looking at in this lineup. Absolutely. So – uh, over under for the Rockies is set at 85. I am going over. I think the Rockies are going to be in it till the end, competing with the Dodgers for uh, the division crown. I think they get over 85, push 90. Yeah, I, I had the Rockies at 89 wins. Again, I, I also think they're going to be in competition with the team we're just about to talk about right now, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, the L.A. Dodgers. Uh, some some awful news, not really awful news, but not great news. Uh, Kershaw and Bueller will not be available 
for opening day. Um, obviously, they will be back soon. It's nothing uh, career-ending or anything like that. But uh, a punch in the gut, nonetheless. Yeah, for sure. And Walker Buehler, uh, our number 10 pitcher in all baseball on our list. Uh, unfortunate we won't get to see him early. But lucky for the Dodgers, they do have a lot of depth at the starting pitching position. So while they're going to be without them to start the year, they do have guys that will fill the void pretty well. Yeah, for sure. Um, just going back a little bit, let's with that with the pipeline that they have, um, it's nothing crazy. Uh, they got three guys that uh, that were in the top 100. Alex Verdugo, who's 35th prospect in baseball uh, as an outfielder. He will be on the big league roster. Uh, Kybert Ruiz will not be. Uh, he's a 36th uh, prospect in baseball at the catcher position. Obviously, it's going to be tough uh, with Austin Barnes and Russell Martin still there. And then Dustin May, uh, the ugly ginger. He's the 69th prospect in baseball. Uh, he will also not be on the big league roster to start the season. So um, guys that definitely have a lot of potential, uh, and we'll see them uh, very soon. Yeah, and another guy in that pipeline I, I love is Jeter Downs, and he was really well-liked in Cincinnati. Um, they were really high on him. Um, he came over in the Yasiel Puig trade, and it was fortunate for the Dodgers that the Reds had such, you know, the pipeline they do where they're so deep and stacked that they were able to give up or willing to give up a guy like Jeter Downs. Um, I think he's the second baseman of the future uh, for the Dodgers. Max Muncy is the guy there now, but uh, I think Downs in a few years will take over that spot. Yeah, um, and uh, touching on uh, some of their additions, uh, Russell Martin, um, who is a veteran backstop, he's he's been uh, been around for a few teams there. Um, AJ Pollock was a, was a huge pickup for them, um, and then obviously they they lost Kevin Puig, but I don't think that's anything they're actually worried about at all. Yeah, so here, so. Pollock and Verdugo or Puig and Kemp? What would you rather have on your team? Pollock and Verdugo. Yeah, I'm in the same boat with you. I think that they upgraded completely. They had to give up some, a little bit to do it, take on some, uh, take on some money. But I think they got better in the process of getting rid of those two. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, it wasn't easy for them to let go of those guys, but I think it was a necessary move for them in order to move forward and uh, get slightly younger at that position and, uh, and just move on and, and, and keep competing at the same time. Yeah. And I mean, Kemp is just older anyway. Um, to be able to package him with Puig like that, that was, that kind of probably threw the icing on the cake for them to, to do a two and one right there. So yeah. kill two birds with one stone, you move forward. Verdugo is going to be a stud. Pollock's already a stud. So I think they got better in the process. Absolutely. Let's move on to the lineup. Um, to me, this this lineup kind of shouts like the rich Tampa Bay Rays, uh, just guys that can play a bunch of positions, um, but just guys that have much, much better contracts than the Rays players. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I tend to agree. A little bit more pop, too, but yeah. For the yeah, a little more pop for sure. I mean, that's where the money comes in. Um, uh, they got a guy, you know, Jock Peterson, Corey Seager, who is going to be there opening day. I'm really excited about that. I love watching Corey Seager play. Uh, Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger, and then we talk about Pollock, Muncy, um, some sort of combination of Taylor, Kike, uh, Chris Taylor, and Kiki Hernandez uh, at some at some position. Who knows? Uh, Austin Barnes and Russell Martin splitting time behind the dish. So a really solid lineup right there. 
Yeah, extremely. And I actually think that uh, throughout the year, they're going to end up leading off Pollock. I think that while Peterson has done it for a little bit, I think that Pollock brings the uh, more consistent bat to the top of that order. And, you know, to start a game with Pollock, Seager, Turner, Bellinger, I think that's the route uh, the Dodgers will end up going with this thing. And then Peterson with some pop at the back end of the lineup to distribute it like that. I think, man, this this lineup keeps getting more and more dangerous. And just when you think that they're finally at the end of their run, it, it kind of just keeps going. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they even got, like I already touched on some of the guys splitting and whatnot with uh, Kike Hernandez, Chris Taylor, and Russell Martin. I mean, and then we touched on Verdugo. They also they still have David Freeze too to come off the bench. So right. I mean, I mean one through I guess twelve technically. I mean they could set their lineup each and every way, and they're going to compete day in and day out. Yeah, and I mean they have they have Brad Miller for depth too, dude. Just they got guys that will just play all over the place. Um, the injury bug has been something that's plagued them in the past. It's something they're not letting plague them anymore. They're uh. They're putting in the effort to get deeper year in and year out. You see, I mean, the rotation is the prime example. When you got guys like Ross Stripling, uh, Hyunjun Ryu, Kenta Maeda, Julio Arias, Rich Hill, that's a that's a major league rotation right there. And those are guys that aren't going to be pitching every day or every week. So, I mean, the Dodgers are just loaded, loaded with talent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, touch. You know, just staying with that rotation. Obviously, when Kershaw back. Kershaw's back. He's their guy. But right now, it's looking at like uh, a uh, Hold on, hold on, hold on. Is he, though? So that's the question. Is is Clayton Kershaw still the ace of the Los Angeles Dodgers? Well, in my personal opinion, no. But okay. in the Dodgers' eyes, he's going to be. And in the MLB's eyes, he's going to be. And he's going to be treated as such, especially because of the amount of money he makes, too. Right. Okay. I agree with you there. But um, I think for the, the fan that watches – Day in, day out. I think uh, I think there's a different guy there that's going to be considered the ace. Are you saying it's going to be Walker Bueller? Yes, I am. Um, look, man, the kid's electric. He's young. Um, Kershaw's been injured multiple years in a row. He's lost velocity. Um, he's starting the year on the DL or the IL now. I'm sorry. So, look, I just think it's it's a matter of time for Bueller. He's he's ready to take the reins. And uh, whenever Kershaw is going to give him up, he's he's there to take him. I mean, yeah, trust me, I'm with you there. Uh, watching Bueller pitch last season was was exciting. It was fun. Uh, brings energy. And I mean, and... look, look, they even he, there were spots last year in the postseason where they felt more confident in him than they did Kershaw. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, me personally, I think. I mean, obviously, it's tough to sit here and say, oh, Kershaw got overpaid or whatever. I mean, the Dodgers have a stupid amount of money, so that doesn't really matter. But yeah, they have the most ridiculous TV deal in the, the, <laughs> history, the history of sports. It's insane. Yeah. But, I mean, if you really look at it, I mean, he really has not been worth what he's been paid for. And you got guys that are competing to get paid, like Walker Bueller. I, I mean – I think it, yeah. I think the tables are turning a little bit. I think it's uh, it's going to start being Bueller's team uh, within a year or so. Um, I still think the Dodgers will look at Kershaw as their guy, but I think it's slowly turning around for them. Yeah, I think uh, I think this year is going to play out, and by the time it's all said and done, Walker Bueller is going to be the guy everyone looks at as the ace in Los Angeles. 
Um, Kershaw's on those last legs, man. When when you're a pitcher, lower back injuries, uh, shoulder, arm, elbow, what? It's just there's been so many injuries adding up, and you know eventually you're gonna have to pay the receipt. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, we touch on a bunch of guys that they have: Kershaw, Hill, Bueller, Maeda, Stripling, Ryu, Urias. So I mean, a bunch of guys, good amount of lefties. Um, I mean, interchangeable in a rotation type of guys. Uh, moving on to their bullpen. Kenley Jansen, um, he's 100% this year, fully fully healthy. I'm excited about that. Uh, Joe Kelly, addition that they had, uh, Pedro Baez, and then I like Singrani as well. Is there anyone else that you like at the back end besides who I just mentioned? Um, I like Scott Alexander too. I think Scott Alexander is a solid bullpen guy, but those are those are the four right there that are going to be the horses for them. Um, Singrani's their lefty guy, and then Kelly – and uh, Baez are going to eat innings and leading into Kenley Jansen. Um, that's going to be the formula for them all year. Their starters are good enough to get them 5-6, so they're not going to have to go that deep with the bullpen. But if they do, they do have guys at the bottom like Caleb Ferguson and Josh Fields who can give you innings. So, I, I mean, look, they're set up good, well everywhere, man. Um, it's not the best bullpen in baseball. It's not up to par with the Yankees, but it's damn good. Yeah, this is a this is a bullpen that's uh, it doesn't really fall off the edge of the table uh, as far as their complete roster goes. This is a roster that that through and through has has talent all over the place, um, and and that's that's a great thing to have. Um, no, nothing needs to lean on one another in order to be productive throughout this season, and uh, I think the Dodgers are gonna have a really good year this year. You completely agree. Um, I think. When all is said and done, they might even have a better year this year than they did last year, which I don't think anyone really thought that that would be the case coming into this year. Yeah, I agree, but it's it's absolutely completely possible that uh, that, that happens. Um, players to watch, I mean, I think this one's kind of obvious. It's got to be Corey Seager, right? Yeah, coming off that injury, 100% it's Corey Seager. Um, we all know how good he can be, man. It's just let's see if he can get back to that form. For sure. And fantasy, I mean, can't really go wrong with uh, pretty much anyone. I think uh, you can have almost – I'm looking at 15 possible guys you could have on your team. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, yeah, absolutely Seager, absolutely Turner, absolutely Bellinger, Pollock, Muncie, uh, Chris Taylor because he can play like seven positions. Um, <laughs> uh, Kershaw, Hill, Bueller. Uh, all could be on a roster. Joe Kelly. I mean, Verdugo. Yeah, I mean, stacked. Stacked is the only word. Even Kike Hernandez is worth a a roster spot. Um, Yeah, they're stacked up and down, man. And look, for me, a guy to look, the guy I'm looking at is Max Monsi because he gives you at that 2B position just power that you don't get really from anyone else. So, if we're singling out someone, it's Max Muncy. But, yeah, just like you said, I mean, they are loaded with fantasy players. For sure, 100%. Uh, right now, uh, William Hill has uh, over-under for them, 93.5. What do you think about that? I think they fly over. I think they get right around 100. Really? Wow, okay. Yeah, I think they probably come up just shy, but I think they uh, I think they push. I'm at, Not- I'm at, I'm at 97 for them. Um, I, 
I'm not sure why. I just like kind of see that number. I don't think they're going to get the 100 mark, but I do think since the National League is is so uh, so thorough with a bunch of good teams, especially in that Central and East, um, it's, there's going to be a lot of losses going around and a lot of parity in that in that uh, in that league. So I'm looking at around 97 wins for them. I tend to agree with you on that, but I do think that they're going to beat up their division. I think that they're going to beat up on the Giants. I think they'll beat up on the Padres because they're so much better in the pitching department. And I think they'll beat up on the Diamondbacks because when they're putting up runs, the Diamondbacks won't have an answer for them. So I really think the Rockies are the only team that presents trouble to the Dodgers in this division. Obviously, it's baseball, 162 games. You're going to lose some games to teams that you should beat. But for the most part, the Dodgers are going to dominate those three teams at the the bottom end of this division. I agree. I agree with that. I think the Rockies are their their lone competition in the division this year. I think within the next couple of years that that could change, especially with the Padres on the rise. But I think right now it's uh it's the Dodgers as the one, and then uh, the Rockies as the two, um, and then you know I, I like, I like the Padres, Padres, Diamondbacks, Giants in that order. After that. I'm right there with you. I think, yeah, Dodgers, Rockies, and then the Padres and Diamondbacks in thir- uh, third and fourth. I think those teams will be right around even for most of the year. Um, but, yeah, I think the Padres will pull away toward the end when uh, those September call-ups kick in. The last September call-ups ever, right? Right, yeah. They're uh, they're going to, what, 28 yeah, next year? Yeah, 28. So this will be the uh, the last chance for the Padres to really – get a bunch of talent up and just see where they're at. So I expect a lot of these young kids with energy to come in at the end of the year and push them past the D bags. Absolutely. Um, Before we wrap up, do you like the order that I did it in this week as opposed to last week? Um, What do you mean? With the teams? Oh yeah, 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 for sure. (laughs) You were complaining last week, so. Yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, listen, just, you know, just try to accommodate me better, Bison. <laughs> All right, you got it. That wraps <laughs> up our our podcast. Um, be on the lookout on Twitter at PlaySneaky, at JokerMagHQ. We got a bunch of stuff brewing. Um, be on the lookout for Joe on, on Twitter at TakingThePrice. I'm at B underscore Contino 23. Um, tomorrow we will have our number eight pitcher and our number eight hitter in baseball. This podcast was brought to you by JokerMag.com, home of the underdog.